0: It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your
1: hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. All right, welcome aboard on a uh, Wednesday. Boy, there's hardly anything to talk about for Monday, but that's probably a good thing because on Tuesday night, there was like 500 games.
2: Yeah, right? (laughs) It evens out. I mean, we get the same amount of games we normally have. It was just all Tuesday action, but we are going to lead with Monday because... After all the hullabaloo, St. Clair resumes the game against Lakeview, and the game went the exact same way it was going to go as if they just finished it in December.
1: Yeah, uh, they, they could have switched gyms. Who know? Maybe maybe Lakeview would have shot better in the old gym.
2: Yeah it it got uh it got physical, but St. Clair needed that win. We'll talk about that one. Um, a, a big night in the BWAC. had a comeback in that one. Had a. I think a team staked their claim as the one being chased, at least on the boys' side of things. And in girls' basketball, maybe the biggest statement win of the year for one of our area teams. And that's saying something because we are really high on them going into this game.
1: Yeah, uh, but uh, a very imp- impressive win in my mind. Uh, and I saw a very interesting matchup uh, in girls' basketball uh, last night between Marine City and uh, St. Clair. And so we'll get to all of that Caro, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. for all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at sheridanagency.com.
3: Dine out with the feel of being at home when you visit the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. Come for the food and stay for the family atmosphere. Try all of Chef Susie's world-famous homemade soups and sauces. Open Tuesday through Sunday at 8 a.m. for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin also does carry out. Call 810 378 whether you want a great steak or their delicious fettuccine Alfredo, they have a menu for all tastes with daily specials. So come to the place where no one is a stranger, the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin.
1: Quality Computer Solutions is your trusted partner for all your IT-related challenges. Just call in to speak with a live person to quickly resolve your issue. Our techs will be on-site as much or as little as needed. We take care of your IT so you can take care of your company. Quality Computer Solutions is an all-inclusive IT service provider. Quality Computer Solutions. Call
0: 888-956-6066 or info at qcsph.com. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right, welcome back, uh, Dennis and uh, Brady. And uh, Brady, you went to St. Clair on Monday night to see, well, most of a basketball game. I they saw really uh, only played a about quarter.
2: like 73% of a basketball <laughs> game.
1: Um, yeah, so
2: long story short, I still don't know why this game had to be suspended and resumed. I, I understand it was gamesmanship from from I'm oh, sorry, I was looking at my book, not from Emily City. That was last night's game from Lakeview. and it didn't make a difference. like it this was a physical game. Uh, there ended up between both back in December and now there were four texts given out in this game. Um, it was very physical. And St. Clair handled it very well, particularly Braylon France. So when we resumed, it was uh, it was fifteen to four, and St. Clair scored fourteen points in the resumption of the second quarter. They didn't make a shot from the field. Wow, that's yeah. a lot. Braylon France, I think, had nine free throws in the second quarter. And he hit uh, well, it was 9 of 10 from the free throw, I believe. And uh, yeah, St. Clair handled the press from Lakeview well. Now, I will say, I think Lakeview's a, a decent team. I think they can beat anyone on any given night in the silver. I, I don't think they're going to win it. Uh, Xavier Hassan, he's a nice player. He's a tall, lanky kid. He, he can score at the rim. He moves pretty well. But we had this conversation with Tyler Jamison. And we're going to have it with Braylon France. I do not understand why coaches repeatedly try to guard star point guards at half court and try to throw two or three guys at them because they're just going to dribble away. Yeah, you might get one steal and Lakeview had one or two, but there was half a dozen times where he went, okay, I'm going to dribble out of this and now I have an easy bucket or you're going to follow me or I'm going to kick it out and someone's going to hit a shot. Do not guard <laughs> these star ball handlers at midcourt. You are, unless you are just so much more athletic. So, you, like if Dakota tried it against Jamison. hey, I get it. You got the horses to run with him. Lakeview did not have the horses to run with Braylon Franz, and and it, and it showed out. He had three points in December in the resumption. He ended with twenty-three in the last uh, whatever two and a half quarters, two quarters and seven minutes. We had 23 points. I thought Evan Trudeau played really well. He had a big third quarter, I believe. He ended up scoring um, seven uh, for a total of 16 in the game. And I, I really think he's kind of the, the key because Braylon France is going to get his. You can usually pencil him in anywhere from on, a, on his worst night, 12 to 14, on his best night, 30 plus. But if Evan Trudeau's going, that just opens everything up. Um, it, it allows the big men maybe a little less pressure, it takes less pressure off France, the shooters are more open, and it just makes it a matchup nightmare for Saint Clair. But that was a huge win for Saint Clair. They stopped it was a short two game skid, but much like the game we're gonna talk about that happened last night, if you fall to 0 and two in the league, especially in the Mac with a shorter league schedule, yeah, you're you're scoreboard watching from game like four in league play.
1: Yeah, and and its I mean, everybody needs a little help at some point in the season, but it's a bad way to play when every night you're worried about other games going on that aren't in your gym.
2: So, St. Clair gets the win 53-37, and their third quarter was probably the best quarter they've played since they played Mooney. Like, I think... I think St. Clair really needed this going into a week where they're playing two rivalry games. I think they got a little bit of that mojo back. They shook off the holiday rust, and they beat a, a Lakeview team that came in at 5-2, and two, but took it to it. But again, I just I don't understand why this game was delayed. This could have happened in, in, in the old gym. In fact, it might have benefited Lakeview because the way they like to press, you give a team less space to work on a press break, might have helped them out a little bit,
1: yeah. It, it, well, I mean, I know why the game got delayed. We, right. we both know why the game right. It was fifteen to four. Delayed. They figured, why not
2: roll the dice again, see if we can catch them on a bad night. Yeah, uh,
1: and and they didn't. It, it kind of worked the other way for them. Yeah, um, I, mean- I I also kind of smile. We see it a lot in our area because the BWAC is pretty physical, but our our MAC teams uh, in recent years. The the basketball games against some opponents looks more like a football game. Oh
2: yeah, there was, um, yeah, there was a lot of contact in this one. I mean, uh, Matt Dislerath got a T. He he told me he's gotten like five T's in his career, and I've been there for at least three of them. <laughs> and that th- this one he got, I understood. Um, a kid checked in for Lakeview first possession down ties up with the Saint Clair player. They both hit the deck. All right. He wanted a foul there. Goes down the other end of the court. Same thing happens, and basically he had to do it to to protect his guys and let them know he had their back. Yeah. Because there there's are some tees that are frustration. There are some tees that are dumb, and there are some that are we equate it to a manager getting thrown out in a baseball game. And I think this was Jim Leland going out to get ejected to yeah. get to get the dugout going. You know,
1: I, I would have seen him get one, but Ellis beat him to it. <laughs> <laughs> in the the, the, uh, the Anchor game Bay last, game. Yeah. Somehow that game just keeps coming up this week. Uh, uh, don't I, I, remind him. St. Clair's <laughs> 7 and 3.
2: Don't <laughs> remind him of that one. But St. Clair really needed that one. Um, France looked like a star. And I know he had, I think, 13 at the free throw line. But I think he got fouled at least three different times in the bonus underneath his own basket. So they'd walk down 94 feet and shoot a couple free throws. Again, I'm not a basketball coach, and it's a lot easier for me to stay from the sidelines. But much like Tyler Jamison, hey, Braylon France can shoot. He's not a bad three-point shooter. But he's a hell of a lot more dangerous on the dribble
1: drive going up to the basket, laying it up, and
2: shooting free throws.
1: And he's almost automatic from the free throw line. Uh, I think it was, I was talking to Dale Voss mm-hmm. over the weekend because we were talking about, you know, do you like the rule change and going right to two fouls right. and not shooting the the bonus. Um, and he said the reason they do it is because they thought it would cut down on fouls if you're immediately penalized with two shots. And he's like, it hasn't really made that change. Like, I haven't noticed it too much. Like, you're still getting the same amount of fouls. And the the part that he didn't like about it is at the end of games – you know, it's it's a lot easier to hope a team misses a free right. throw than to miss two and to know that they're going to get
2: two. The part I do like about it is when you get the game and you tip it off and then there's four fouls called in the first 90 seconds, you can reset it at the end of the first quarter. So you're not, all right, it's 7.42 left to go in the second and St. Clair's in the double bonus. Yeah. We're shooting two free throws for the next 10 minutes, it feels like. Yeah. Um, so that's what I do like, but... Braylon Franz took advantage of it, but back to the point, I'm sitting back, hey, if he hits five threes, you just tip the cap and go, all right, what do we do? Get a good closeout, focus on getting a rebound, but don't let him dribble drive, and sure as hell don't send two guys at him at midcourt. I mean, we said it with Tyler Jamison. How many games do we see teams try to double or sometimes even triple team him at midcourt and he just dribble around and he'd drive. And if the help side came over, he'd dump it off to someone who'd lay it up. Or he'd just go up and dunk or lay it in. Franz is kind of doing the same thing.
1: Yeah. All right, let's talk about the game you saw last night. Because right. this this was uh, an important game in the BWAC. I, to uh, say the least. Right now, they're all important, I think. But. So
2: there's a little bit of juice for me coming into this one. Because, I mean, Yale was 2-0 in BWAC play. Emily City was 2-1. and It's not often you get a game that early in the conference schedule that you say is a must-win, but it felt like a must-win for MLA City. For Yale, if they dropped it, it wouldn't be the worst thing. But if they win, they feel like you are in the driver's seat, you're in the fast lane, inside track to a BWAC title early in conference play. And Yale played like it. Came out, listen, I think Ryan Monarch is this year's Braylon Essian where you do not let him get an open look. Again, putting on my coaching hat on on the sideline. I'm going to take a page from Armada and do what they did to Essien in the district. I'm just, someone's on Essien, or someone's on Essien. Someone's on Monarch the whole time. You're not helping. You do not let him shoot. Because in the first half, he hit four threes. He had 16 points. And Yale had a 35-21 lead over M.L.A. City at halftime mainly because Ryan Monarch was left open two or three times, hits threes, and he doesn't have to be wide open, but when he is, it's almost automatic. It's like a free throw for him. Mm -hmm. So you, you have to have someone on him at all times because he's just that deadly. Like, he gets the ball in the corner and there's no one by him, and I just start to lean to my book to write a three in because it's seemingly that automatic. And he was the big difference in the first half. Um, so it's a 14-point game, in the and Andrew or Xander Nash was held fairly quiet. I think he had eight at halftime, um, but it was a quiet eight. And then the third quarter happened, and it was very interesting. Yale went up 18 at one point. And then I, I just said on the air, if there's a team that can shoot their way back into it, it's M.L.A. City. And then about four minutes later, it was a two-point game. (laughs) And MLA City woke up. Xander Nash started scoring in bunches. Landon Jones made a big difference. Had a couple of threes from Jack Siegler, who, who buried two big ones to help this comeback. They started getting stops. But I feel like I've seen this at least once a week this year. A team makes a comeback and then runs out of gas. And Yale, it was, well, someone you called out um, after seeing him at SE4. Ryan Fisher hit an and-one to break the run for M.L.A. City, hit the free throw, and Yale would just slowly pull away from there and get a 66-53 victory. Ryan Monarch ends with 21 points. He hit five threes in the game. Jackson Kohler with 19 points and... It's either him or France at the free throw line that I think is the most automatic. Yeah. Like Kohler is, he's pretty darn good from the stripe. <laughs> but Andrew Hubbard had nine points and they were three threes and it felt like they all came at big times. Um, he's uh, hes the guy that'll get lost in the mix with Yale. But if he can give them six to 12 points any given night, add that onto what everyone else does. I mean, the, Connor Jakubiak was held to seven points. You're feeling all right if you do that, but again, if you add up the big three for Yale, they combine for 47 points. Yeah, well, now, I mean, that's, that's that's what they good. do, though. And then Fisher has a little more touch than last time I saw him, but he does a nice job in the paint. Um, he he, again, everyone for Yale fills a different role. Yeah. Like you'll get some teams will talk about it; they'll have four of the same guy, and it's kind of like, all right, we need to figure out who's on tonight but Yale has defined roles and Fisher is the big offensive lineman in the paint that hey grab every rebound be physical like you like to say you have five fouls use them yeah he actually was
1: he's got good hands though like the, the night against ph he had touch Right, like and he could score. I'll just tell you, he didn't have touch the night I saw him against Marysville. <laughs> he
2: looked a lot better against Emily City. And he, and he had six points, but again, hits a big and one. And he's enough of a threat that you can't just go, yeah, just if he touches it, back off and let him shoot. Uh, but I thought he did a nice job. And again, Hubbard's nine points came up big. Yale with a huge win to put them squarely in the driver's seat of the BWAC. I don't want to say they're – it feels like they're a half step above everyone else right now. Now, I don't think Yale will run the table in the BWAC. I just think there's too many tough games, and in a 14-game slate, you're due for a bad game. But I have – I don't know. I have a hard time calling that this Yale team's going to lose twice in BWAC play.
1: Well, you know, there's there's still tough games. They're going to have to go to MLA City. Right. They're going to have to play oh, Croslax Which is twice. a tough, tough gym. Going to Crosslex is a tough gym. And then they uh, have Ice twice,
2: I, North Branch, and Richmond each one more time. I, I know I, they handled Richmond the first time. But I say, better. though, that,
1: that if you take care of your business at home, they're going to win enough road games. You know, they're not going to lose a ton of games. It's not like they're going to go... Uh, 7-0 and at home and 0-7 on right. the road. Well, mean, here's
2: the thing. Even if you drop one more game, I also don't think there's another BWAC team that's going to run the table out that is going to finish the BWAC season with one loss. Yeah. Like, Yale, with this win, and it's why I put so much emphasis on it, is firmly in the driver's seat. If you're Cross-Lex, you have... Have to beat them twice. If you're MLA City, you have to beat them. And then, as much as it pains them to do, they're going to have to be Pioneer fans once or twice this year, or hope an Almont or a North Branch or, or Richmond jumps up and gets them.
1: Yeah. Well, um, so with Yale winning, it was more important now that Croslex take care of business. Algonac, well, not a well, huge threat. Real quick, threat, about it, before but. we go to that, for MLA City, I thought this game was less an indictment
2: that MLA City didn't play well and more it was just Yale's night. I think between three-pointers and three-point plays, I think Yale had 13 or 14. That's a lot. That is a lot. And again, some were open threes, and that's defensive laps, and Coach probably gonna would probably point that out in film study. But... I thought Yale just played really well in their own gym. Xander Nash had 22. Landon Jones had 13. Uh it just took a little while for the the other pieces to get going, and Emily City dug themselves in too much of a hole. I don't think these two teams are separated by that much, but last night, Yale was the better team. And for Emily City, that is three straight losses for them. They need to get back on the winning page in a big way. Yeah. They need to shake this off because they were 8-1 and at one point. Now they're 8-4. and
1: But, again, I think they've played a pretty challenging schedule. And, like I say, right now I think they're a, a solid team. But, uh, again, they opened up league with the team they can't get over the hump with and maybe the best team in Yale.
2: Right. And now they have to go to Almont. So the Brother Bull in Almont, that's not an easy game. There's not a lot of easy games in the BWAC, but going to Almont after to to snap a losing streak, and Almont's feeling good after getting a win against North Branch, I don't know. I I think that's a tough spot for MLA City, but if you get that win, you're feeling better about yourself. You did mention Croslex; They took care of business against uh, Algonac, and yeah, the... The bench got a lot of minutes in this one. It was fifty nine thirty four, and CrossLex did what they needed to do. They kept on rolling.
1: Yeah, uh, Richmond got a nice win beating Armada from behind. Yeah, win.
2: I believe they were down ten points going into the fourth quarter, and Jalen Browning he's starting to emerge as a as a star. Eighteen
1: points, seventeen boards, and five blocks. And he's he's lanky and and uh, he's athletic. Uh, I, I, I've been I, I saw him last year at SC4, and that's when I started liking this kid. And now he's he's older. He's getting more minutes on this team this year. He's more involved in it. Last year you'd go and he wouldn't play in games. Um, uh, this this year he's got a defined role. Uh, and I think he's growing into a nice player. They get a 45-40 win right. over Armada, and that, that's a nice win for Richmond.
2: It's a very nice win for Richmond. They're starting to figure it out a little bit. Um, also, while, since, since we're talking about Richmond, just shout out to everyone that um, puts their scores on Twitter that helps us out because... It helps paint a bigger picture for Richmond. Zach Mathis has done an awesome job with them. I always know what's going on in Richmond. <laughs> there's never a doubt about that, but there's a lot of people around the uh, area that do it, and it just makes our lives a lot easier because just looking up and going, oh, Richmond won 45-40, doesn't paint the picture of this game that Armada was leading most of the way, and then in the final two minutes came back and win, and Browning was a big part of that. 18-17 and is a huge night. Yes.
1: At, at any a, level.
2: Yes, that's a really strong game from Jalen Browning. And, you know, Richmond starting to, they're six and four. Remember, this team was one and four at one point. They have won five in a row now. Richmond figuring it out a little bit. Now, granted, five game winning streak has not been murderer's row, but they beat Almont and they beat a rival in Armada on the road. That's not an easy place to go play. Now validate it with wins against North Branch, and then you get Emily City at home.
1: Yeah, so I, and North, North Branch played Elmont tough last night. Uh, a low-scoring game by Elmont standards, 48-46. I don't know if, if teams have intentionally tried to slog them down and keep them from running and, and gunning. But uh, they might get to stretch their legs a little bit against Imlay City. Um, actually, that game is going to interest me just in uh, do, do the Spartans do what everybody else has been doing against Almont lately, or do they just say, we can outscore you? I don't know. All I know is that's going to be a fun game.
2: <laughs> that's going to be a fun one, but that's a nice win for Almont. That's a North Branch team that, again, is now is not going to compete for the league title. I just feel like they're going to knock someone off. I mean, they're already going to have a say in who wins the league title because they beat Crosleks, and that's their only league loss so far. But going up to North Branch just feels tricky to me, and I have a feeling we're not the, – the Broncos aren't going to be quiet the rest of the way. Whether it's here or maybe they knock someone off they shouldn't in districts, I like this Bronco team, even though they lose a heartbreaker to Elmont in, in, in a rivalry game.
1: All right, um, Cardinal Mooney needed a win, uh, Brady, and they got one. They also need to find some secondary scoring because you know Brian Everhart's going to score. He had 20 last night, but uh, Daniel Rice scores 17, and Mooney gets a big win over Clarkston-Everest, a rival, a team they like to beat, 58-47.
2: And Mooney's kind of had Everest's number. I think they've won like four or five straight meetings against them? Yeah, they, in did, basketball. They, they had a
1: weird ending in a home game and lost, right, uh, a couple years ago. And, was Everest
2: and, the one where and, they and threw it off the kid's face?
1: No, that was Shrine. Oh, that was Shrine. That, that was, was shrine. the other rival. <laughs>
2: that was so funny. Uh, but, yeah, they've had um, – I mean, I'm sure it feels good for them, especially remember that's how their football season ended. So yeah. they like to get the revenge on the hardwood, and they do again. And, you know, Brian, excuse me, Brian Everhart scoring 20, that's still a nice night. He's not going to average 33 for the season. its I mean, if he does, I'll gladly eat crow. That would be awesome. But 33 is a pretty ridiculous number to average over 22 games. But I would rather 20 see, is hard
1: to do in high school basketball.
2: I would rather see this, where he's in the 20s... And then someone else, if it's Daniel Rice, great scoring fit another fifteen to twenty, a little more balanced attack. I like that for Cardinal Mooney, and they did need that win. Oh, by the way, uh, Mike McAndrews did break a uh, whiteboard <laughs> during the game. Did he really? Yeah. I don't know. I-, I wonder. Do you think he went with the smash
1: or over the knee? How do you think it was, or the toss? Well, you know, yeah, because the. Maybe the board was defective to begin with.
2: He did a so he posted <laughs> the picture
1: on Twitter, and their
2: uh, manager wrote the quote quote That's a cheap board made in China." <laughs>
1: so and say maybe there is yeah, a defect in that. That's board. the
2: board. So you tell me uh, that looks like a knee. <laughs> yeah, that was probably a knee. Yeah, a looks knee like or he smacking went, the top like, of a like chair, Bo Jackson, and just and smacked the, it over the
1: edge of the scorer's table.
2: And Moody won too. Yeah. Break the board and a win. Yeah, he's intense. Although
1: I have he's seen intense that. and they don't like Everest.
2: <laughs> right, needed the win. They got the win. If you have to sacrifice the board to do so, they will. Uh, they um, they'll sacrifice the board to get a win.
1: Yeah. All right, up up in the thumb last night. Uh, some some tight scores. Sandusky beats Ubly thirty-one to twenty-four. Uh, mayville edges Peck 47 to uh, 43 uh, Deckerville gets a win over North Huron 51 5127 uh, Dryden wins again they beat Kingston 61 to50 uh, uh, and CPS gets a win over Landmark 57 to uh, 30 uh, and I uh, also uh, uh, Burton Center point uh, beat Kimball new life and a couple of small schools getting together but a high scoring game 64-45. And uh, those are all the boys' uh, games from last night. There were a ton of girls' games played last night, including the one that I saw, uh, and uh, a, a big win, too, for Port here in High. We'll get into all that when we come back.
0: Marysville
1: phasd.us, and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron schools.
0: If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports.
1: All right, you're back with uh, Dennis and uh, uh, Brady. Let's start with uh, P.H. Um, we've been kind of uh, tooting their horns uh, lately and they had a big game against Gross Point North uh, and I think they made a big statement with a 5648 win. That's
2: uh, that might be an understatement. That is tell me if I'm this is a little hyperbolic. That's the best win any team in our area has regardless boys or girls.
1: Ooh, I'd, I'd have to look back over the games, but uh, this is definitely going to be in the top. This is this is top three. So I'll give you that right off the bat without for looking.
2: For context, Grosse Point North was undefeated. They had beat Marysville. They beat Lakeview, Cousino, Utica, Regina, Grosse Point South. Those were all their wins. Then they come up to Port Huron and lose 56-48.
1: That's a hell of a win for PH. Like
2: that is as big of a win as it gets for them.
1: Yeah, and and I saw their game with Marysville uh, again. Gross Point North is one of those teams. They got like nine kids on the roster, and seven of them are really good. They still shoot threes like they, there's no they tomorrow. They shoot threes. They make free throws. They pressure. They rebound. Uh, they get to the bat. Like they're they're a solid team, and they play good defense too. So fifty six points. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the most they've given up.
2: And actually, I can double-check that real quick. But, um, yeah, the most they had given up before was 49, and that was an overtime against Regina. Yeah. Um, But that's as big of a win as I think anyone's had this year. Boys or girls, that is a huge statement win. You're now one of two teams 2-0 in the MAC Red. It's you and Dakota. And I also think it's time, moment of silence, the narrative about PH being a defensive slogfest team is officially dead. <laughs> they are an offensive team that can score the rock, and they just basically outran Gross Point North to get this win.
1: Yeah, well, they've been scoring lately, that's for sure. They've been getting into the 50s pretty regular.
2: And I think that firmly cements them as if there was any doubt. They, at least in our area, they're numero uno. I, we have some good teams. I think pH has proven they're about a step above anyone else. yeah,
1: right right now they are right on
2: par because of their eight wins, looking through this, there's maybe two teams that go, yeah, you probably should beat that team ten times out of ten. The rest pretty good wins. Pretty tough opponents, and they've kind of ran the Blue Water Area gambit with Northern – or they actually lost to Northern, but with Armada, St. Clair, Mary's and Yale's wins. And now you throw Grosse Point North on top of that, chef's kiss. Yeah. Now, don't go down to Gross Point South and lay an egg. That's the test. Yeah. Going on the road against a team that's 2-5. and five. Flex, crush them, and set yourself up for a late December game at Dakota that can – Decide who's going to be a, the top dog in the Macaret,
1: and, and Dakota just uh, they body slammed South last night. I think they beat them by yeah, thirty points. Uh,
2: girls point South. I don't think so. is not what they've been in years past. They're on a four game losing streak, but that's hey. Round of applause for Port here on high. That's a heck
1: of a win. All right, now the game that I saw, uh, and this this is a Matt Gold game. I, I thought this was. Well, it's always an important game for both sides when Marine City and Saint Clair get together. But this was Saint Clair's league opener. Marine City had already lost to Fraser Friday night, and Fraser's the other team in in the mix. I think it's a three team battle in mm-hmm. the gold, and I think this was a very important game for a Marine City team that you know it had kind of an easy start and they were steamrolling teams. Uh, but they'd lost a couple. Uh, they, they lost at Crosslex, and then they lost Friday to Fraser. Those are two good teams. But, you know, you, you'd like to especially win your league game at home uh, and at worst get a split out of that. You lost them both. So you, you come in. St. Clair played a zone, and it worked for a long time in this game. The score at the end of the first was 5-3. to three. I think we had a bucket around the four-minute mark of the first quarter to make it 5-3 Marine City, and we didn't get another basket until about the midway point of the second quarter. No free throws, no nothing. It was 5-3 to three with about four minutes to go on the half.
2: Yeah, I know uh,
1: defense was going to rule the day. Even that was a little bit <laughs> <extreme. laughs> Um it, it started to pick up a little bit. By halftime, it was 14-12. Marine City. A barn burner. Uh, it was a one-point game going into the fourth, and St. Clair got the first bucket of the fourth quarter to go up 24-23, and then Marine City outscored them the rest of the way 11-3 to and, and ended up winning the game by seven. And on a night like that where, where the offense is hard to find, seven points feels like 20. Right. Like it, 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 it really, it was, it, it's weird because I see teams come back from seven, eight, 10, 12 points, and it, it's no well, big deal. Talk
2: about the boys game I just said. It was an 18
1: point game, and I'm going,
2: yeah, Emily like, said he's not out of this. Yeah. But you get a game like that, it gets to seven, and you're going, oh my God, they're going to need. A divine intervention to yeah, come back.
1: It's like there's no way they can get – there's three and a half minutes to go. They're not going to find seven <laughs> points. <laughs> it's, that's the kind of game that it was last night. Uh, and not to say that it was a bad game. There, there was intensity. Now, if you talk to the coaches, they'll probably go, Ugh, you know, St. Clair had a lot of turnovers. But, again, I, I credit Marine City's defense. Uh, they pressured the basketball the Saints struggled with bringing it up the uh, the court. St. Clair played a zone, and, you know, Marine City had a hard time shooting, but they didn't stop shooting, and this is the important thing. If at first you don't succeed, try, try again, and they did just enough, Brady. They hit five threes, and I think that was the real difference in the game. Hey, you hold Jade Blanchard to one Made field goal in a basketball game. You're feeling good. She had one point at halftime. Now, she finished with nine, which ha- actually was the game high, um, to tell you what kind of game this was. But she had to do it at the free throw line. Six points at the free throw line. She made one three-pointer in the uh, third quarter. Um, but Brooke Haslam was, the to me, the unsung hero because I expect uh, low scoring or high scoring? Jade Blanchard and Jocelyn Dietlin are going to be your one and two scorers. Mm-hmm. That's just Marine City basketball. But Brooke Haslam knocks down two threes and scores eight big points in a game that you win by seven. That's the difference. she was the difference in the game uh, last night. Uh, and and for Saint Clair, you know Audrey Schindler um, had a good second half. Finished the game with nine points. Alex Komarowski kept a minute in the first half. Um, but uh, only got one point in the second half and finished with the seven. But there just wasn't a lot for either team last night. But the Saints didn't make a three, and Marine City made three or made five threes, and that was the difference in the game. And that that's a big win for Marine City because that gets them to one and one in the gold. You fall oh and two in the gold. And and the best you're going to do, Brady, is is share the title with right. somebody. and that, that's the best help. Um, so it, it's still going to be a race. St. Clair's still not out of it, but St. Clair just they need to find that something because they're not a bad basketball team, but there's just that eh, that they're missing. Yeah, they're they're missing that go-to player, and they can do
2: it by committee, which can be fine. But if I'm the other team, all right, let's say it's Maddie Cole or Ali Komarowski or Alexa Vickers or Audrey Schindler. One of them is playing well uh, on a given night. All right, that's where I'm throwing my defensive pressure at. Now there needs to be someone else to step up, and I just don't think they have that right now. Because defensively, they're doing really well. It seems like they're holding teams in the 30s fairly regularly, but they just don't have that offensive oomph to fire back with. Yeah. And when they do, sometimes it's at the detriment to their defense.
1: Well, they, they've they got a big one coming up because I think Frazier is their next opponent.
2: Uh, I can double-check real quick.
1: Um, so uh, they're going to need to bring their A game because Frazier's solid. Frazier's a lot like Marine City. Frazier and Marine City are very close. Um, to, to very yeah, s- at Frazier, similar uh, style tomorrow. teams. So that's a big one. St. Clair's got to just forget about this, and they've got to go to Frazier, and they've got to figure out because Frazier's going to press them. It's going to be just like Marine City. It's, it's going to almost feel to them like they're playing Marine City again. That's what Frazier's like. So um, it'll be a, a tough game for them, but th- they'll need to uh, respond. Uh, Northern Falls to Anchor Bay, fifty-eight to thirty-two was the final in that one. Um, yeah, they're, and, they're and more injuries for the Huskies. Yeah,
2: they're they're snake bitten this year. They are snake bitten, and in the white, it's going to be tough um, to go. I mean, we said it with Croslex. You lose one player, all right. Maybe you can power through. You lose three. And like when, what was it Saunders, uh, Espinosa, and Franz all, yep. all out? You lose three players like that. I don't care which throw a dart at a board. Any team in our area loses three of their top, however many, and you're going to struggle big time. Yes. I mean, even Northern last year in boys, they lost about three or four of their non Tyler players, and it very much affected them.
1: Yeah, it did. It's the reason that they didn't win that Dakota game. It really is. They still almost did. And they still almost did because Tyler had to score 47 points, um, which he could do. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, and, and f- again, it, it's always their best players that are getting hurt. Right. Um, which I, I guess that makes sense because they're playing the most and they're, you know, they're in tough situations, but they—they're not you. You have to have a little luck. I mean, you have to play good, but you also have to have a little bit of luck, and they have had no luck at all. Right. All right. Uh, this is more uh, of a Marysville score than I'm used to. Marysville forty-two, Stevenson twenty-four. Yeah. Suffocate the other team and and score enough.
2: Yeah, twenty-three points for Avery Walters in this one. Uh, next highest score was Ryan Queen with six. So still looking for another robin i guess to her batman yep. uh but at the end of the third it was 38 to 17 this game was over at that point and marysville needed a win like that they needed to get just a uh we're going to kick your ass type of win
1: yeah uh the the bwac teams were playing non league games last night so um pick and choose here oxford beats yale 39 to 35 i really don't know anything about oxford um but anytime Yale loses, I just assume the other team's pretty good. <laughs> I think that's a uh, fair assumption.
2: Oxford was only four and three going into that game, so maybe a bit of a—I uh, I could call that a minor upset. And I guess for Yale, g- good timing to have a bad game in an odd league contest. Yeah,
1: that's yeah, good. Like that one doesn't hurt you
2: if, if you drop one to Oxford hey, it's a learning opportunity. It's better than when you go to uh, Mlay City or Armada and you have to have a bad night then. That's one you can bounce back from and shake it off and not worry about it too much.
1: Troy uh, basically doubled up Richmond 51-26. to mm-hmm. Mlay City got a win uh, over Schwartz Creek 49-37. They kind of needed a win. Yes. Um, so, So that's a good one for them to get. Kingston's good, but Brady... They beat North Branch fifty three to thirteen. Yeah, that one, not
2: that Kingston won, but how they won was the disappointing part.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the season, Kingston makes the quarterfinals a lot. Right. Um, and, and they're always seems and they to be ru- playing in a regional final and they
2: routinely are playing teams four,
1: five, six times their size.
2: But that's a
1: that's a whoopin'. Yeah. That that I, I didn't expect to see that score. All right, uh, Bloomfield Hills Roper over Cardinal Mooney, 41-25. to Memphis beat Landmark, 41-8. to Marlette tops Brown City, 46-32. Harbor Beach is good, and uh, they ran by KPAC, 60-19. to A lot of good ball up at the beach. Yes, uh, and Deckerville beat uh, North Huron, 38-24. to So it was a busy night of boys and girls basketball. And I don't think it gets much quieter the next two days. No, uh, th- this is, it's finally, all right, all the breaks are done with, let's play basketball. Because we've got 22 games to, to get in.
2: So I know we're going to take a break, but there was a hockey game that didn't go Northern's way. But they're playing pretty good hockey, and that's against good competition.
1: Yeah, uh, we'll talk about uh, that uh, when we come back. Quality Computer Solutions is your trusted partner for all your IT-related challenges. Just call in to speak with a live person to quickly resolve your issue. Our techs will be on-site as much or as little as needed. We take care of your IT so you can take care of your company. Quality Computer Solutions is an all-inclusive IT service provider. Quality Computer Solutions. Call 888-956-6066 or info at qcsph.com.
3: Do with my future.
1: Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools.
3: Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington. A family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at sheridanagency.com.
4: I'm Jordan Rohde, one of the new owners of 4Sports. I'm extremely proud to be a part of the community and to help those in it.
2: freestanding double ovens will change your kitchen setup forever their high efficiency front and top load washers will save you money and do your laundry in half the time stop in today a quarter mile south of mclaren hospital on pine grove miller maytag is a proud supporter of local high school athletics
0: if you're not listening to get stuck on sports.com that's a personal foul your kids your schools your sports all right, just one
1: hockey game to to talk about, but uh, a, an interesting game here, uh, and in particular, I, I want to talk about uh, a guy that's kind of stepped up his game for for Port here on Northern this season, and that's Hunter Christopher. He had two goals last night in a five three loss at Brother Rice. Um, he scored it the was
2: closer uh, than the the, the score. Says. Well, well,
1: he he scored the opening goal of the game. Then Bryson uh, Smith got his sixteenth goal of the season already on a power play late in the first. So the Huskies were up 2 nothing in the second when they gave up two shorthanded uh, goals. Now, I don't know if it was on the same penalty or they just had back-to-back power plays, but the goals were only like a minute, minute and a half apart. Um, and that tied the game at uh, 2-2 going into the third. Rice scored early in the third to go up 3-2, and Christopher got his second goal of the game to tie it at three, and it stayed that way until under four minutes to go, and Brother Rice got a goal to go up 4-3, and the last goal was in an empty net. So this was a really tight game. But, but Christopher, in 13 games this year, has 13 points. He's got six goals and seven assists. The six goals have come in the last seven games. Um, after he went the first uh, six or seven without a goal this year, he has suddenly gotten red hot. And this says he's 5'5", 125 pounds. Okay, he's 5'5 with his skates on, maybe. And he's 125 pounds with all of his equipment. My point being is, on most nights, he's the smallest guy on the ice. But this year, he is one of the most noticeable players um, because he plays with an edge. And he's got some talent, obviously. Um, and he has been, to me, I know that Bryson Smith and Kyron Bruno are going to score. Mm. And, and they're scoring a ton this year. Bryson Smith has 16 goals and 32 points in 13 in games. 13 game. And actually, he's missed a game this year. So he's done it in a game less. And, and so I know what he's going to do. And there are certain guys in their lineup that I know what they're going to do. But uh, if you look at the, uh, the Husky scoring parade, Hunter Christopher is fourth on that team in scoring, uh, and and he to me has been the the most pleasant surprise uh, on the hockey side of uh, of things. And uh, and Northern is playing pretty well. Well, that's what I was going to bring up. Back on
2: December sixteenth, they took one on the chin. They lost to St. Mary's nine to two. Since that, they. Firmly beat Marysville again, 7-2, to two, to really establish themselves as the better team. Then they played De La Salle. They lost 5-2, to two, but Dennis, you said throw out those last two goals. Yeah. That was a one-goal hockey game. That was a game. one-goal hockey game. Then they beat Divine Child 4 nothing in their barn. Lose to U of D Jesuit by a goal. And they're tough, and especially at their place, they're tough. And essentially lose a one-goal game to Brother Rice. So they have been playing pretty solid hockey even though they're only 2-3 and over their last five. However, hey, you're you're making those steps. You're playing competitive games. Now take the next step and start to win. You're at Orchard Lake-St. Mary's. That's going to be a tough game to win, but play with them. Play with this confidence. You're right there. And then you have Trenton-Traverse City West and Sault Ste. Marie. Go win a couple of those games.
1: And then and, and, uh, when you finally come home, which isn't until January the 24th, you're going to play an Anchor Bay team. I'm going to see them tonight, but they're 10 and three, and they're playing very well. Now, obviously, they, they don't play the same schedule, but they actually play some of the tougher Mac teams. Uh, and and they're, they're playing really well. So this is a very tough schedule. Uh, it's a long road trip. Technically some of the games they're gonna play. The outdoor game is technically a home game for Northern. Yeah, it has it listed as a road game on the state site. Yeah, well, uh, I'm looking at their I mean, either way. Up site. It's a neutral and, site game. And they're game. the home team when they go up to the Sioux, they're the home team in the first game they play, and they're the visitor in the second game that they play.
2: Either way, they don't return to McMoran until the twenty fourth. Yeah.
1: Um But my
2: point being is hey, you're playing a lot of close games against good competition. Now figure out a way to flip some of those results because that's the next step is you're playing close. Now, how do you get those wins? What we've talked about with like Marysville basketball and they'll get a chance to do that tonight against St. Clair in St. Clair.
1: That's going to be a fun game. Yeah. So eight, one, two, three, four, five. They're eight and five this year. Yeah. Um, And, and again, Catholic Central isn't losing to anybody. That's one of their losses. Saint Mary's is losing to only Catholic Central. Yeah, uh, De La Salle's only losing to Catholic Central and uh, Saint Mary's. You know, and Jesuits only losing to those other right. three teams. So, yeah, and and Brother Rice doesn't lose to many people either. Uh, although maybe they're a little down by their standards, I still think going into Rice and being three three with four minutes to go there, um, that's a good effort. Yes, it is. Um, next
2: couple of days. Uh, you mentioned you'll have hockey. I'll have the basketball. One other game I'm going to keep an eye on tonight: Northern at Ike. Northern, I think, is the better team, but they have to go to Ike. That is an old gym, unless they've updated it in the last couple of years. That's that's the game I want to see. Hey, mature, go win a true road game against a talented Ike
1: team. Well, the other thing is, is they've had a couple of big wins, you know, and they've scored in the 80s. It's it, it's really easy to read your own press clippings and just go. Oh, all we got to do is yeah, show up. tonight. We've arrived. Yeah, no, show up tonight and play hard.
2: And then and thir- do it again. Thursday is going to be chock full of girls basketball action. Uh, I mentioned Portion going down to South. You're a better team than Gross Point South. Go go choke slam them through a table uh, at Gross Point <laughs> South. You're so violent. I am. Because I, I'm starting to build up a little bit of hope and excitement for this team. Don't have a letdown game against the team you're better than. Make it a business trip. Go down to hoity-toity land and get a big win and come back to Port Huron. Uh, Marysville's at cu- uh, Cousineau. You mentioned St. Clair at Frasier. Marine City's going to beat Roseville by 50. But then in the BWAC is where it gets interesting. We'll have a pair of games. Croslex at Armada and Emily City at Almont. First time we'll get to see both. Emily City and Almont, and it'll be my first look at Croslex.
1: Well, and you're going to like them, and that Croslex Armada game, that's a big game.
2: It is a very big game.
1: That is a big, big game. Because again, I put those two teams and Yale as the big dogs on girls basketball in, in the BWAC. And so the winner of that game is going to be in better shape than the loser.
2: Yes, they are.
1: Uh, and unfortunately, somebody has to, to lose that game, but. Um, that'll be interesting.
2: All right. Anything else going on, um, that we need to mention or be back Friday,
0: be back Friday from Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine city. The blue water area is stuck on sports.